Would you just bow your heads and talk to the Lord and tell him tonight, Lord, I do believe in you. Father, we do believe in you. God, I believe in you. Thank you that you are a loving, loving Heavenly Father. Thank you, God, that you are leaning in to listen to us, to hear your children tonight. Lord, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. I believe in Jesus Christ tonight. Thank you that he died so that I could be different. And Father, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I believe you have come tonight to speak to us. You are in us, filling us, working in us already. And Lord, we don't need to hear my words tonight. We need to hear your words. And so I pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds. Father, in these next few moments, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. And may all of us leave here tonight more determined than ever that we are going to fully follow Jesus with everything we have. Thank you for your presence already. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Thank you so much. And you may be seated. Tonight, I just have to start by saying thank you. Um, We come from Lake Charles, Louisiana. And we love our church. But I'm just going to be honest. We love coming to camp. Like the brown, man, I've been fired up about this trip. We we love coming up here. We enjoy connecting with old friends. And we've got a few of those. We really enjoy connecting with new friends. We, We like listening to God's word together with you and worshiping. Hasn't tonight been fantastic already? Man, this is great. We love the food up here. I mean, hot dogs and hamburgers after church. How can you get better than that? You know what I'm saying? And the weather. If you ordered the weather, would you raise your hand? Because I really want to thank you. This is awesome. This is all. We we just, the Browns love this camp. And we've been looking forward to nearly every part of it. Nearly. There was one part of this that we were dreading, just to be honest with you. And that was the trip up here. It's a long way from Lake Charles to Copper Hill. Like it takes about 17 hours to get here. And I'm going to be honest with you. Please don't tell anybody this. Let's just keep it between us. I'm not as young as I used to be. And the thought of getting in that van and driving that long was just kind of overwhelming a little bit to be honest. I almost wanted to quit before I even started. And then when you get in the middle of it, you know, 1, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, you're, you're going, I think I can, but I don't know that I can. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like we can make it. No, we can't. Yes, we can. And uh, have any of you been there? Have any of you taken those kind of trips? Man, it, it's, just, it's just difficult to make that. But thanks to caffeine and chocolate and the help of the Lord, we're here. And this is great. This is great. We are enjoying it. If you're enjoying it, clap your hands. Amen. But I got to thinking about those feelings that I had about that trip. Feelings of being tired and overwhelmed. And you know what I realized? There have been moments when I have experienced those kind of feelings on my spiritual journey. Like there have been times when God has put a mission in front of me. And I almost wanted to quit before I even started. And then when I got in the middle of it, for sure it was just like, God, this is 
this is way bigger than I am. I, I don't know if I can do this. I, I remember one time, uh, I was at my church by myself, thankfully. And we had this big, large, open area in the back. And I was just walking back and forth. I'm really glad nobody could see me because they probably would have thought I was nuts. But I was just walking back and forth across that floor. And I was telling God stuff like this. God, you've got to do something. Like, I need your help. I can't do this. And it was just the feelings and the weight of what God had called me to do were just overwhelming to me in those moments. Have you ever experienced that? Has God ever put something so big in front of you that when you began to understand it, you thought, God, seriously? There's no way. This is, this is too big. This is overwhelming to me. Have you ever, have you ever been there? The theme for this week that Pastor Troy kind of talked to us about is increasing spiritual passion and pursuing gospel transformation and expanding God's kingdom. And I like all of that. And that's what I'm about, especially when we're up here on the mountain. Man, when we're praising God and we're worshiping and we're listening to songs like we just listened to, it's easy to say, yeah, man, let's do it. And I get fired up. I get a little loud and excited sometimes. But then we all have to go home. And we have to put work clothes on our Christianity, so to speak. And we have to deal with people that annoy us. You know what I'm saying? Like coworkers. any of you students have any classmates like that? We have to respond to them with grace. We deal with people that just drain us and we experience situations God puts us in places where it's just hard and increasing spiritual uh, passion uh, pursuing gospel transformation that just becomes work seeing God's kingdom expanded that just gets difficult and in those moments man we don't feel excited we don't feel the feels that we're feeling up on the mountain this week We just feel tired and we feel overwhelmed by what God has called us to do. If you're a Jesus follower tonight, you've probably been there at some point. And if you haven't, just hang in there because you're going to get there. And so I started thinking, what do we do? What do we do in those moments of our lives when we don't feel passionate about seeing lives transformed? When when we don't feel passionate about seeing God's kingdom expanded, and instead we just feel overwhelmed by the mission that God has put in front of us. I think those are legitimate questions tonight. But I believe they're questions that have answers. And so for the next little while, I want to go to our Bibles, and I want us to look at part of the story of a man in the Old Testament. And from his story... I want us to learn how we can face those moments of life when we are overwhelmed by what God has called us to do. If you have your Bibles or your devices or whatever you use, I want to invite you to join me in the Old Testament in the book of 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles chapter 28. 1 Chronicles 28. And and while you're turning there, let me just say that if you're not a Jesus follower tonight, I'm still really glad that you're here. 
Because I'm sure there are moments in your life when you feel overwhelmed by circumstances as well. And, and I hope that what we study tonight and what we learn will help you understand that God has a perfect plan for your life. And if you'll just let him, he'll begin to come in and he will change you. And he'll begin to show you how you can get through the challenges that you face as well. And my prayer is that tonight we will understand better the difference that God makes in our lives. First Chronicles chapter 28. If you're there, raise your hand. Let me know. All right. First Chronicles chapter 28. This chapter records what turned out to be a very important day in the nation of Israel. Up until this point, for many, many years, the famous King David, right? We've all heard about King David. He had been king of Israel. But by this point in the Bible, David is an old man. Honestly, he's getting ready to die. And God had revealed to him that David's son Solomon would succeed him as king of the nation of Israel. And so David reached out and he, he reached out to all of the important officials and people, the really important leaders of the kingdom, and he summoned them all to Jerusalem. And oh, here they came. When they got there, the old king rose to his feet and he told them about something that had happened in the past. He said, I had this, this dream, something I wanted to do. I wanted to build a grand temple for God. A place where the presence and the glory of God would be. A place where all of the people in the kingdom could come and worship God. That was my hope. I really wanted to do that. But God, God told me no. You see, David in his life had been a warrior. And because of his feats and the blood he had shed, God said, no, 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 David. You're not going to build my house. Instead, Solomon is going to get that job. Your son Solomon is going to be the one to lead this massive building project. And, and so David talked for a little while and he spoke to these important leaders from all over the kingdom. And, and he said, listen, y'all. Um, well, I don't know if he said y'all or not, but, it, but he said... He said, be careful to follow all of God's commands so that you maintain this land and pass it on to your children. And then he turned to Solomon. And he began talking to Solomon about how Solomon was supposed to face the future and how he was supposed to get through this really humongous task that God had given him. Now, I don't know exactly, I wouldn't err, obviously, I don't know exactly what Solomon was thinking during those moments. But let's try to get in his head for just a minute and think about the thoughts that might have been running through his mind. Solomon was getting ready to be the man. Like David was going to die and he would be the king. He was getting ready to assume the leadership of literally hundreds of thousands of people. And he was going to take on all of the headaches and the responsibilities that go along with that. You think you have problems tonight? It was getting ready to get real for Solomon. But beyond that, he had this, this job, this mission of fulfilling his father's dream. And this mission from God that God had given to him. And I just, man, I have to wonder if Solomon in those moments began to feel overwhelmed i mean think about this this would be a temple for the whole nation the whole nation would look at it with pride 
people over hundreds of years, thousands of people would come to this place to worship God. And Solomon was in charge of it. Imagine trying to lead that church building project. Anybody here know anything about church building projects? Think about what Solomon was thinking. The first question, God, it's going to cost how much? It's going to supposed to look like what? I mean, surely Solomon was feeling overwhelmed about this. But then David started talking to him. And as he spoke, he gave Solomon some principles to live by. Principles that if Solomon would just live these out over the course of his life, the mission that God was giving him would be carried out. This is, this is powerful stuff. And it, it is relevant for us today. And so what I want to do is I want to highlight for you three instructions that I see David giving, giving to Solomon. And then I want to press them together. And I want to pull out one big idea that you can take with you tonight. That I believe will help you in those moments of life when you're just overwhelmed by the mission that God has put in front of you. And I believe God has something very specific He wants to say to you tonight. Let's learn together. The, the first instruction that David gave to Solomon that I want to highlight for you is that he was to serve God wholeheartedly. Serve God wholeheartedly. In verse 9 of chapter 28, David said this, And you, Solomon, my son, Know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. He said, Solomon, know God. And he wasn't just talking about, you know, know about God, like something your great grandma talked about or, or something you looked up about him on Wikipedia or something. That's not what I'm talking about. He was saying, Solomon, know God in a real, close, intimate way. Have a relationship with God that causes you to love him. And out of that love for him, I want you to serve him. Serve him with all of your heart. That meant totally, completely, like don't let there be any area of your life that you're holding back from God. Just jump in with both feet and say, God, I'm giving you everything I have. Serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. That mind that says, man, this is a joy to serve God. It is a pleasure for me to serve God this way. It's kind of like when you're dating. Um, how, how many people are here tonight are dating? Would you just raise your hand? Awesome. How many of you tonight wish you were dating, right? Yeah, some of you are honest enough to say that. When you're dating, you'll do just about anything for that other person, right? Like when he asks you to go and, and watch the game, you're like, sure, honey. I love to watch games. And when she says, would you please go shopping with me at the mall all day long? You say, sure, sweetie. I love shopping. And when he says, hey, Let's go Saturday and spend all day on the lake fishing. I'm there, baby. And she invites you to her mother's house. And then asks you to wash dishes after dinner. Okay, now we're just getting carried away. I mean, uh, I don't want to expect too much. No, but you do it, right? Because you want to you love that person and serve them with everything you have. David is telling Solomon, Solomon, serve God like that and then turn it up some more. 
dial it up until there is nothing in your life that you're holding back from God, but that everything is His and you're serving Him wholeheartedly. Serve God that way, He says. Because God sees and He understands every thought and motive and plan of your hearts. And then, at the end of verse 9, David added this assurance. He said, Solomon, if you seek Him... He will be found by you. I love that. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. If you walk away, God will leave you alone and he'll leave you up to your own devices. But Solomon, listen, if you will seek him, if you will serve him with all of your heart, he will be found and he will be right there for you. You've got to serve him with all of your heart. And then if, if we were to keep reading, you would find that David went on and he sort of began telling, David told Solomon the plans for the temple. Like, Solomon, here's how much gold you need to put in the lampstands. Here's how much silver you need to put in the silver dishes. Here, here is what the temple that you need to build, here's what it needs to look like. And man, old Solomon, he's just standing there taking all of this in. All of the details of this massive work that God has called him to. And man, again, I, I just wonder if that feeling of panic and overwhelmedness started coming over him. I, I wonder if his eyes got real big. I mean, we would understand if that happened, right? H haven't you ever felt those feelings of nervousness and anxiety start to build up inside you when the details of what God was calling you to do started coming? God, you want me to talk to them about you? You realize they're not Christians, right? God, God, you, you want me to give up what? I don't, I don't know if I can lay that down, God. God, tell me, say that again. How much did you say this was going to cost? I, I don't make anywhere near that. I mean, the details of what God calls us to do sometimes can be completely overwhelming. And I believe it's very possible that Solomon was experiencing some of that. But in verse 20, David stopped dictating details to Solomon. And he gave him another instruction to live by. And basically what he told Solomon was this. Solomon, you work courageously. That was his second instruction. Work courageously. This is what he said. David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous. Be strong and what? Courageous. And do it, he said. Just do it. You see, David didn't want Solomon to chicken out and to run away from this job. And so I just see him. He's an old man. And he reaches up with shaking hands that are worn from years of fighting. And he grabs his son by the shoulders. And he says, Solomon, you stand up straight. You hang in there. Hold your head up. Don't you slink around and be scared. Be strong and full of courage. You are God's man for this moment. God has called you. And so stick it, stiffen your backbone. And just do it. Do the work. And listen son. It's going to be straight up work. 
I mean, you're going to have project managers to deal with. You're going to have material orders to make happen. You're going to have complications to work through. But Solomon, do the work. Show up when it would be easier to stay at home. Keep going when it would be easier to quit. Keep dealing when people get hard to deal with. Solomon, do the work. Keep working when it seems like the project is falling apart. You can do this. Work courageously. And then, David followed it up with some words that must have brought incredible comfort and peace to Solomon's mind. I bet you that over the next few years, Solomon replayed these next words over and over and over in his mind. Because with his next words, David showed Solomon how he could expect God's help continually. That was the third instruction I believe he wanted him to get. Solomon, expect God's help continually. Because this is what he said. He said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed for the Lord God. Even my God is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. Solomon, don't you be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. Don't walk around going, I don't know if I'm going to do this. I don't know if I'm going to make it this way. He said, Solomon, don't do that. Don't be afraid or discouraged because the Lord God will be with you. But it's more than just the Lord God. It's even my God. And I think David was trying to send Solomon a message right there. Solomon, this is the God that I know. This is the God that I have served. This is the God that I have talked about. Do you remember, son, what I have said about God? Do y'all remember tonight what David said about God? He said, this is the Lord who is my shepherd. I shall not want, he said. This is the Lord who is a shield around us. The Lord who blesses the righteous. The Lord who is our refuge. The Lord who is a stronghold for the oppressed. The Lord who is our rock and our fortress and our redeemer and our protector and our deliverer and our strength. The Lord who forgives your sins, who heals all your diseases, who satisfies you with good things. This is the Lord whose love reaches higher than the heavens and whose faithfulness reaches to the skies. The Lord who is great and majestic and gracious and compassionate and slow to anger and glorious in splendor. And can somebody say amen? This is the God we're talking about. Man, if you're going to clap, clap. Let's do it. God deserves our praise. David was saying, Solomon, this is my God. This is my God. And if you will serve him wholeheartedly, and if you'll work courageously, you can expect his help continually. In fact, you must, you must expect his help continually. You need more lumber? Expect God's help. You need more money for this project? Expect God's help. You need wisdom for this project? Expect God's help. Continue to expect God's help. But it's more than just material resources. It's more than just wisdom. It's people too. Watch this. Verse 21. He says, 
And behold, the divisions of the priests and the Levites for all the service of the house of God. And with you in all the work will be every willing man who has skill for any kind of service. Also, the officers and all the people will be holy at your command. Solomon, you can expect God's help for the people that you need as well. I know you can't do this by yourself. And so I'm going to give you people. I'm going to give you priests and Levites. They're going to be able to help you with the spiritual needs of the people. I'm going to give you people who know how to sew fabric and who know how to cut wood and who know how to work with stone and and form gold. Solomon, I'm going to give you all of the people that you need. You've just got to expect God's help continually. David was standing Solomon up for this mission. And with these words that he spoke, to me, there's just this one idea that he seemed to be trying to pound and pound into his son. He was saying, Solomon, just do the work. Do the work. Do the work. Like a conductor beating out the rhythm for his orchestra. Solomon, do the work. Do the work. Do the work of serving God wholeheartedly. Discipline yourself to know God, to know His Word, to know His character. Focus your heart and your mind to serve Him with everything you have. Do the work. Do the work of courageously building this temple. Work courageously. Listen, don't say it's too big. Don't settle for something less. Don't say, well, guys, you know, maybe we could cut this wing off. I don't don't think we need something that big. No, Solomon, this is the work that I'm calling you to. And so every day, step up to the plate and courageously do what I've called you to do. Do the work. Do the work of expecting God's help continually. Look, it's easy to give up. Any of us can give up. Any of us can lie down in fear and walk away, right? David was saying, Solomon, don't you do it. You do the work. You build your faith in the God that I have taught you about. The God that you know. Increase your trust in Him and expect His help continually. Do the work. Do the work, Solomon. And if I could somehow take every one of you here tonight and put you in a time machine and shoot you back to that day in Jerusalem... And stand you up right next to Solomon. I suspect David would turn to you. And in that same rhythm. He would tell you. Do the work. Do the work. Do the work that God has called you to. Because honestly sometimes. In those moments when you're feeling overwhelmed. This is what it comes down to. Doing the work every day. Serving God wholeheartedly. Do the work of surrendering every area of your life to the control of the Holy Spirit. Saying, God, there's nothing that I'm holding back. It is all yours. Do the work. You've got to do the work courageously that He's called you to do. Maybe God has called you to talk to a coworker. Or or maybe he's called you to step up into an area of ministry. Or he's calling you to give in ways that you've never given before. And it's scary. In those moments, you must be courageous. And you got to step up 
to the plate to what God has called you to do. You've got to expect His help continually. You can't trust in your own resources. You can't trust in your own wisdom. But you've got to constantly be in the Word, learning God's character, increasing your faith so that every day, through every step of that difficult journey, you can know that God will be there and you can expect His help all of the time. You've got to do the work. And listen, when you do the work, I love this part. When you do the work, God comes through. God comes through for you. And His mission in your life is accomplished. If you were to keep reading in 1 Chronicles and then you kept going into 2 Chronicles, you would find that Solomon did do the work. And after about... Seven years or so, this temple was completed. And the Bible tells us that the presence and the glory of God filled the whole place. And I want you to see what Solomon said. He said this, Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who with His hand has fulfilled what He promised with His mouth to David my father. Now the Lord has fulfilled His promise that He made. Do you see what happened? Solomon did the work. And God came through for him. And the work that God had called him to was completed. Just like God had promised. Solomon did the work and God came through. And and friend, if you'll do the work... God will come through in your life. And that thing that seems so overwhelming to you will suddenly become possible. And through His power, it will happen. It will happen. Can I tell you something? I know that this is true because I've lived it. Pastor Troy referenced our story a while ago, but I wanted to tell you just a little bit more about that. About four and a half years ago, give or take, my wife Sandy and I, we were living the dream. It wasn't much of a dream, but it was our dream. We had three beautiful little girls. We had a three-bedroom house painted a neat color of yellow. I had just landed a great job at one of our local plants. It was a job that people in our area really want. And I'd begun climbing the ladder. Both of us were active in our local church. And, and then life was just working out for the Browns. And then God began to make our life a little bit uncomfortable. Has, has God ever made your life uncomfortable? He started doing that to us. The senior pastor where we attended was getting ready to retire and he approached me about assuming the lead pastor role in our church. Now I have to be honest with you. I come from a ministry family and so I've always been heavily involved in ministry. I attended God's Bible school in college and you know I had no problem working in the church. But I always had resisted Anything that involved a full-time obligation. For several reasons. But let's just say that I didn't want to do that until I knew that's what God wanted me to do. 
And this decision to be a part of what God was laying out in front of me, that decision was just overwhelming to think about at times. But I wanted to serve God. And I wanted to do what He wanted me to do. And over time, God began to do something in me. And I won't give you all of the details right now, but as I would work at the plan in my hard hat, or as I, was, as I would spend time in prayer thinking about the future, God began to change something in my heart. And He began to change my desires. And I remember one day, sitting on our blue couch in our little living room in our yellow house, and opening to the book of First Chronicles and reading these words that David spoke to Solomon. And God just seemed to talk to me. And he seemed to say, Jonathan, if you'll just do the work, then I will be there. And I will give you exactly what you need to accomplish the work that I am calling you to. It was an incredible time with him. And so I said yes. And I took off my hard hat and I left the plant and I stepped into a pastor's role. And can I tell you something? God has kept his promise. God hadn't failed us or let us down one time. Now, there have been times when we've needed money and we've needed people and we've needed wisdom. Our church is just like your church. But over the last four years, God has been bringing me back to this principle. His son, if you'll just do the work, then I'm going to come through. And you're going to have exactly what you need when you need it. And over these last few years... I have been able to watch Jesus do what he died on a cross and blew open a tomb to do. Jesus has changed people's hearts. Jesus has been turning lives around. I have watched the Holy Spirit work in people and teach them how to serve and how to give and how to step up in areas of ministry that they never would have done before. God has done some amazing things. And as we have just done the work, we have been able to see from a front row seat the difference that Jesus can make. We've put ourselves into the work and God has come through every single time. And I don't know where you are tonight. You may be here and you may be wrestling with this whole following Jesus thing. The thought of totally surrendering your life. Guys, I'm so glad you're up here. I've been where you are. And maybe you're here tonight and the thought of turning your life over to Jesus, giving the Holy Spirit the keys to every area of your life and saying yes is a little bit overwhelming and scary. Can I just tell you something? Do the work. Step into it with all of your heart. And God will begin to use you in ways that you never would have thought possible. There may be someone here tonight and God has asked you to do something very, very big. Maybe, maybe God has asked you to talk to a coworker 
or somebody on your street about him. And that scares you to death. Maybe God has said, listen, I want you to write a check. I want you to support this ministry, this work, this person. And you've never done anything like that before. There may be somebody here who God is talking to you about changing your career. Maybe an area of ministry has been presented to you and you wonder if you have the time or the talents or the know-how to do it. Can I tell you something? Just do the work. Just do the work. Work courageously. Step up and step out for God. And He's going to be there. He's going to be there. I think that there may be somebody here tonight who's just tired. And man, the work and the grind and the hurdles that come with serving Jesus week in and week out has worn you down. That's real. I've been there. And I hope my prayer for you this week is that you are rested and rejuvenated in a way that changes you. My purpose tonight is not to overwhelm you. My purpose is to encourage you, to let you know that God has not forgotten you. And that if you'll just be faithful and continue to step into what he's called you to do, he's going to be there. He's going to be there and his work will be accomplished. Whose life could be changed if we would just step up and do the work? Can you imagine what would happen if a room with this many people would just say, yes, God, I will do the work. What kind of spiritual passion and gospel transformation and kingdom expansion. Pastor Troy, what could happen at East Lake and in Louisiana and across Virginia at your job, on your streets, with my neighbors? What could God do if we would just step up, step up and say yes? Friends, God is not finished. I believe there are coffee shop baristas and co-workers and people at your gym and kids on your basketball team and friends that you're friends with on Facebook, people that God wants to reach through you. But He's looking for people who are willing to just step into the work. Are you willing? Are you willing? Pastor Troy, I want you to come. I believe I'm in a room full of people that are committed. Maybe we just need to spend some time telling God, God, I'm in. In whatever way he calls us to tonight. Thank you, Jonathan. I want to do something this this evening. How many of you here in this room are doing some form of ministry? Raise your hand. Teaching a Sunday school class, doing pastoring, helping someone. I'll tell you what let's do. man. Raise your hand again. I want to say that's a lot of folks. Wow. Just stand up. Instead of raise your hand, just stand up. If you're doing some form of ministry. And this is the upper room right here, folks. Brother Avery, I want you to come. I want you to pray for these men and women. Then we're not done. But I want you to pray for those of us who are preaching and teaching and loving and serving and giving and sharing caring, doing whatever it is that we're doing. Your churches need you. Your communities need you. Your people need you. Thank you, Jonathan. 
for the challenge? Because I'd say some of us in this group here may be dragging a little bit. We need that word tonight. I want you to pray for us, and then I don't want you to go anywhere because I, I want to do something else, all right? Would you do that, Brother Avery? Father, you're looking down on us tonight. You've heard the word. You see those who are standing on their feet, who've committed their lives to engage, embrace the task that you've given them. They're strong, they're courageous, and they're doing it with all of their heart. But Lord, they're they're men and women with feet of clay, with bodies that that grow weary, with minds that can be stressed. And I pray tonight that those who are standing you will give them supernatural grace, renewal, restore their soul with new energy, new strength, new blessing, and give them a passion to re-engage the work you've called them to do. For Jesus' sake, amen. For more information about Eastlake Community Church, please visit us online at eastlake-church.com or find us on your favorite social media platform at EastlakeSML. Thanks for joining us.